Okay, amazing, 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 amazing. Okay, so guys, we have just finished a series called In Jesus' Name. And yeah, it was honestly such an amazing series. It really spoke about who are we in Christ Jesus. And I really just want to give a shout out to Onka for his contribution. Yeah, can we just shout him out? I know he's watching online. And friends, since things are finally going back to normal, since things, you know, are literally, it feels like after all of the madness that we've had, I really feel like we need to have a fresh focus. So we're going to start a new series today called Post-Lockdown Christians. Yeah, come on. Say it with me, Post-Lockdown Christians. Okay, amazing. So we are going to go straight in. So my text for today is Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I just want to give a bit of context of Deuteronomy. So in Deuteronomy, we read an account where the Israelites were literally in a similar situation as we are in currently, especially emotionally. And they had been in the wilderness for almost 40 years. And they basically received a prophetic word. You know, their ancestors received a prophetic word that the Lord has a land that he has promised you, a land flowing of milk and honey, a land that literally would satisfy all your dreams and desire. So Moses right now is speaking, the context of Deuteronomy, Moses is speaking to a generation of Israelites that had already witnessed their parents' generation die and essentially be disqualified from entering the promised land because of their unfaithfulness and rebellion. And you can imagine after all these decades, after all these years of hoping, of surviving, and of walking in the promised land, um, of walking in the desert and in the wilderness, you can imagine after all these years how they must have felt when it, it came to the brink of it, where they actually were like, we are almost at the promised land, we are almost about to enter in, it is not that far off. It was as if they were almost there, but not quite yet. And it was literally like a transitionary stage of we are almost there, but not quite yet. And in Deuteronomy, we can see what the Lord says to the Israelites through his servant, Moses. So I would like us to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 to 5, for our first extract. I'll be reading from the NLT version. When you're there, say amen. Amen. Are you sure you're there? You're just saying it. (laughs) Okay, I think it's behind me. Okay, verse one. Be careful to obey all the commands that I am giving you today. Then you will live and multiply and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether, uh, whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go and then feeding you with manna, food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone, rather live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these, for all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear and your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it, just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So Moses starts off this chapter talking about the necessity of Israel following all the commandments that the law that um, the commandments that the Lord is about to give to them through Moses. So the first instruction Moses gives to the Israelites is this, is to remember the season. 
he literally says these words, to remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years. And similar to the Israelites, I really feel like the Lord is actually calling us to remember this season, the season that we've just been in. It's literally this season of lockdown. I don't know how many months it's been, but it's literally felt like a wilderness experience. And I feel like the Lord is saying, remember this season. Remember how I was faithful in this season. For many of us, the Lord has met us in very personal ways over lockdown. Perhaps the nearness of his presence in times of isolation and loneliness. Perhaps the breaking down of tension in a household. And maybe even freedom from addiction. Or perhaps great peace in time of turmoil. And once again, to reiterate, the Lord is asking us to remember this season. And I know for me personally, this whole lockdown season was crazy. And honestly, the Lord has really helped me looking back in hindsight. He's helped me to actually lead this community through a pandemic. And if I'm being honest, it wasn't easy spiritually, emotionally, or even mentally. And many times I was like, God, this is a lot, but I'm grateful that I'm still here and we are all still here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amazing. And it's actually funny, I was speaking to Tommy, who is a part of our worship team, and I was just saying to her, we were just (laughs) literally laughing and reminiscing about worship when we had to do worship recordings at home. And I know some of you guys that did it, it was crazy. It was such a headache, and I honestly prefer doing worship live here in church altogether. And if we continue from verse 3. Moses says to the Israelites that your time in the wilderness, in the desert, did two main things to you guys. He says this, number one, it humbled you. And number two, it tested your character and revealed what was actually there. You know, in a time of difficulty, what was tested was whether they will still be loyal to God. Or will they, in fact, create a false idol that would try to would they in fact create a false idol in order for them to actually survive, in order for them to actually, um, an idol that they could rely on. And we actually know the extract in Exodus chapter 32, they decided to make their own gods. They decided to, they literally said that we will make our own God, a God who will go before us. So they created an idol, an actual idol. And they couldn't be bothered to wait for Moses. Moses was literally the servant of the Lord. He was up a mountain receiving clarification, receiving words for the rest of the Israelites. But the rest of the Israelites were like, you know what? Moses has been up there for too long. We just have to sort ourselves out. So let's just find a way for us to survive. Let's create our own God that can lead us through. And I'm sure for us in some way, lockdown has humbled us. We could no longer see our friends and our loved ones. We couldn't go to the gym and we probably gained a few extra pounds. So our pride in our appearance has actually faded. And all of a sudden we are aware of the fragility of our lives and the lives around us. We're reminded that we are not invincible. And in different ways and in different situations, we have seen that God literally is our only option to freedom. And again, similar to the Israelites, our character was tested. And I'm sure many of us realize in this season of tension, of the intensity of this season, I'm sure many of us have seen that unpleasant things have actually come up from our character. 
And there was also an overwhelming temptation for many of us to neglect the way of Jesus and to find ways to deal or survive through lockdown. In a sense, to build up our own gods that will go before us. For example, Netflix binging. You know, Netflix is not a bad thing, but, you know, the excess of Netflix can be an idol. Maybe pornography, maybe excess eating. Maybe you, you decided to try different forms of spiritualism. Or maybe, like me, you spent endless hours on TikTok. And I, yep, yep, some people are clicking. <laughs> and literally, I actually had to repent for this because there were many times where I was just like, yeah, just 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. Um, and then like an hour or two has gone by and I'm like, you know, glory to God. And the thing is about wilderness experiences, wilderness experiences actually humble us. And when we are humble, we are more teachable. So Moses goes on to express that a season of wilderness has actually has taught the Israelites some things. It taught them a very important lesson. It taught them that they can't just survive on material things, that they need the voice of God leading them. Literally, if we turn back to Deuteronomy 8 verse 3, it says that people, essentially what it taught them is that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You know, in seasons of bliss, in seasons of freedom where everything is going well, material things like one's possessions or maybe someone's social life, it almost feels like it's more than enough. It's more than enough to actually sustain you in your life. But when seasons of wilderness come, it shows the fragility of a life. When seasons of, um, when seasons of wilderness come, it actually shows the fragility of a life sustained by a scaffolding of materialism. When the storms come, a person that's upheld by material things will ultimately be shaken. And Jesus echoes this in Matthew chapter 7. And I'm sure for maybe some of us, this has been our reality, where we actually feel like, okay, if I'm being honest, I have been someone who's, who's pursued material things, and I have deeply been shaken in this last season. And I just want to say that the Lord is truly merciful, and if you're willing to repent, which is simply just saying, God, I got it wrong, forgive me for following my own desires, for following my own pursuits, then I can assure you that the Lord is quick to restore you. And we also would love to pray for you at the end. But yeah, let's dive into a bit more scripture. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 6. And I'm going to read a chunk, so bear with me. It says this, So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a land of flowing, a land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given to you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulation, and decrees that I'm giving you today. 
For when you have become full and prosperous and built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large, and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful, do not become proud at the time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he had led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry he gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and to test you for your own good. A few more verses. He did this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth of my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So really just breaking this down, the Lord is saying through his servant Moses to the Israelites that you guys are about to enter the promised land. And this promised land is going to be lit. This is going to be a land literally where everything you've ever desired is going to come true. Where you'll be able to build up fine homes, where you have several flocks, where you have silver and gold. And essentially, he's saying that you guys are going to enter a season of bliss. You guys are going to enter a time of complete freedom like you've never experienced before. But he says there's some dangers. And the reason why I actually wanted to focus on this is because it actually parallels our experience today. Where we are actually are actively leaving a season of lockdown where we are going back into summer, where we get to experience great freedoms, where we get to do whatever we want, where we get to socialize. But it's in these times where the Lord says, be careful. But going back to what Moses says, what are the dangers of a season of bliss? What are perhaps the potential dangers of a post-lockdown life? We can see this in verse 11. Moses says, you may forget the Lord your God and his instructions. Unfortunately, there were many times throughout biblical history where the Israelites actively cried out to God. They cried out to be free from their persecution, free from their turmoil and enemies. And when the Lord heard their cry, set them free and gave them victory, they often repaid the Lord back with rebellion and forgetting about him. In fact, they started entertaining different religions and worldviews and devoted themselves to other gods of other nations. And on top of that, they started practicing the things, of, the things and the practices of those other gods. They neglected the Lord and his instructions. And as well, there's a huge temptation for us as we come out of lockdown to actively forget about the Lord to get lost in our pursuits of having a good time and as our social interactions beyond um, as our social interactions extend beyond our crews and our online bible study groups and our families it is possible that we too might start employing the gods and the practices of others and we might actively find ourselves neglecting the lord's instructions and i just want to share an example you know, like I said, we're about to enter summer. <laughs> and there's something that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, where he actually raises the sexual ethic of his day. 
And the reason why I feel like it's important for us to talk about this is because of the season that we're about to enter. Normally, with the narrative about summer is that anything goes. And just imagine a summer after the year and the 18 months that we've just had. But we can see in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus raises the sexual ethic of his day and it clearly articulates that if anyone looks at another individual lustfully, that they have committed adultery. So Jesus petitions his believers, those who are follow him. He essentially says, do not just steward purity in your actions, but steward purity in your mind and in your heart as well. But in summer, there's a temptation to push the boundaries of that. But what about if we did the opposite? Another danger that Moses highlights, he says that in a time of bliss, in a time where you have everything that you could ever want, be careful because pride and self-reliance might creep in. You know, when things are flourishing, we often do not need, we often do not see our need for God. And I remember when I was in Slovakia, um, I was there for a wedding, for my friend's wedding, and I saw a beautiful um, Scandinavian couple, and I got to know them really well. And literally, I'm not going to lie, they were like couple goals, and they were so fit and so active. They would climb up mountains and all of that um, nature stuff. Sorry, I'm a city boy. (laughs) And they would climb up mountains, and they would literally say... um, they will say to me, they literally, they knew I was a church leader and they said to me, they said, Wale, um, what is it like leading a church? And I told them some of my experiences. And when I asked them, do you believe in God? Do you have a faith? They looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> and they literally said, they're like, why would we believe in God? We have money. And obviously that was not a Christian couple. <laughs> But the reality is that this is unfortunately some of the things that we can fall into when we have everything we could ever want. We almost steward a posture of, why do I need God? I have everything I want. And it's interesting that Moses says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 17, he says to the Israelites that the Lord essentially puts you in this season of wilderness so that you will not say to yourselves that I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. And this last year has really shown us that human reasoning and, <laughs> the hu- that human reasoning and intellect is not always sufficient. And even though I'm really grateful for the leaders that we have in this country, I'm grateful for our healthcare education system, the pandemic has highlighted that there's fragility in every person, in every structure, and even in every church, except from Jesus. And another way that self-reliance and pride might creep in is that we might start to feel a need. We might start to feel like there's no need for church in itself where we might feel like, do you know what, you know, Sunday services and crews and online small groups, you know, they were just a temporary fix during lockdown one and two to help me not feel isolated and detached. But now that restaurants are open again, I can meet my real friends and I don't need y'all anymore. (laughs) But I just want to encourage you with this verse that we've read a few times, Hebrew chapter 10, verse 25 where it says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, 
but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The reality is that the church Sunday services, our cruise, were not just a temporary fix to come back to loneliness in lockdown. It helps, but it's actually a primal mechanism that the Lord uses to actually equip you in your spiritual growth and development. And can I suggest that it actually is a necessity? It's not just something that we should be apathetic towards. And recently, I've been doing a study on this really great um, Christian figure from the 20th century called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he was a significant figure that really resisted Hitler and the compromise and affiliation of Nazism that was basically making its way in the German church. And essentially, this is what he did. He saw the level of peer pressure that German pastors were being faced with when it came to Nazism and the lack of strength that they actually had in actually resisting some of its ideals. So as a result, Bonhoeffer decided to create an underground seminary. Essentially, he created an underground Christian boot camp. And it thoroughly discipled people in the practices and the ways of Jesus in the midst of an external culture of narcissism. And one of Bonhoeffer's friends, and I'm sure we all have friends like this, one of Bonhoeffer's friends came up to him and said, he's a Christian as well, but he said to him that, bro, I'm adding my own paraphrase. (laughs) He said to him that, bro, I think you're being a bit too extreme with all of this underground Christian boot camp. I don't think it's necessary. So Bonhoeffer took his friend to a trip to, to a particular place called Oda Sound. And as he took his friend, he basically came up to a hill and it showed in the vast distance, this, this vast land of Nazi soldiers thoroughly, uh, thoroughly going over and over again their practices and their drills and their patterns, literally in cyclical pattern. They were literally just going over and over again practicing their drills. And instantly, Bonhoeffer's friends saw the extent in terms of where these Nazi soldiers, how thoroughly they were being trained and how thoroughly, in a sense, they were being discipled. And Bonhoeffer said this to his friend. He says, you have to be stronger than these tormentors that you find today. I'll read that again. You have to be stronger than these tormentors that you find today. And obviously, in our context, we are not facing a physical enemy like Hitler. But coming out of lockdown, we are facing a tide of secularism and hedonism, which essentially is the extreme pursuit of pleasure at any cost. And I think it's important that after lockdown, in a season of bliss, or in a season of freedom, where we can essentially do whatever we want, that we take a similar approach that Bonhoeffer took where we are fiercely intentional with our faith. Or, unfortunately, we run the risk of seeing our faith slowly eroded and becoming those who inevitably are formed by the culture around us that doesn't often reflect God. 
And as I was preparing this message, I basically saw this vision and I feel like my point basically relates to it. It's like a boat on the shore that is not held to an anchor on the shore. It's not fastened around an anchor on the shore. And as a result, when the tide comes in, it slowly pushes the boat away, slowly pushes the boat away. And that's what happens in seasons like this, that if we are not anchored deep, then we are slowly going to be pushed away from God. So how do we protect ourselves from the erosion of our faith and becoming proud and self-reliant? And I have, a simple, I have a simple solution, one that Moses actually offers to um, the Israelites in Deuteronomy. And it's this. It is to remember and obey. That's what Moses says. This is literally all of Deuteronomy chapter 8. It is a call to the Israelites to remember and obey. With the various agendas and distractions that summer will bring, especially after 18 months or God knows how many months of lockdown, I encourage you not to forget God and to still obey his convictions. And literally in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, as it says, to seek first the kingdom of God. And I feel like often as Christians we hear that verse, but what does it actually mean? And I just want you to think for a second, what would it actually mean in my context, in my life, to seek first the kingdom of God? I just want you to take 10 seconds, just think about that. What does it actually mean for me to seek first the kingdom of God? What does that look like for my summer? I'm just going to give you a few seconds to think about that. Amazing. So just to reiterate, post-lockdown is a time of radical, of, of radical intentionality. It's a time for radical intentionality with our faith to arise. And some of you guys will know this already because you guys were with me at the time. But in university, I was a part of a ministry called Radical Youth, you know. <laughs> was a Christian society and I, I was actually thinking about radical youth um, a few a few days ago and um, I know the name sounds crazy <laughs> but it actually I just want you to not imagine it doesn't come with those negative um, connotations and um, with the word radical but in actual fact it's, it's a, such a pure form of, of radicalism in a sense where it's literally saying that and we were literally being discipled to carry out the things of God and to put him first in every single thing, even in our studies and stuff like that. And it was such a beautiful time because we were thoroughly being discipled to be more like Jesus and to carry out his agendas. And I was just thinking that a few days ago that it's, it's so interesting that in an environment, especially, I went to University of Leicester, and I, I remember there was a guy who I met when I was actually in London. Um, he came up to me and he was like, um, oh, what is it like to lead a church in Sin City? I was like, I didn't know Lester had that, Lester had that reputation. <laughs> but, yeah, but literally, you can just imagine in a place that was called Sin City, in a place where anything, partic- anything 
you know, goes and stuff like that. A lot of my friends and I actually grew in our faith and we grew in our love for Jesus and we became so bold in our faith. And I realized it's because it was of this community that we had um, called Radical Youth, this Christian society on campus. And it literally emulates what we see in Acts chapter 2. You know, there will be so many times where we'll do Bible studies, where we'll do, you know, prayer meetings, worship events, um, men's fellowship, women's fellowship. Am I missing anything? What else did we do? Who was there? What? What? Tuesday prayers, there was a lot. Pardon? Voices, choir, there was, there was a lot that we did. But it really emulates Acts chapter 2, where literally scripture says that the saints, they met, the Christians at the time, they met together daily and they fellowshiped with one another. And they went over the apostles' teachings. And what I realized with Radical Youth is that we had that intentional, um, we had that intentional input into us constantly and essentially I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a life far from it I honestly want all of you guys to enjoy yourself it has been a tough year but my petition really in my talk is to not lose yourself Because if you don't have specific portals in your week that disciples you, that creates a space for you to hear from God, ultimately, you will find yourself being pushed away from him like the tides. And this is why it is so important that we are radical, radical in our intentionality when it comes to our faith. Because literally, this culture is literally trying to push us away from God. The waves and the temptations are trying to push us away from God. And actually, tomorrow, if we can have the announcement up, because of this, because this was something that the Lord put strongly um, on my heart, um, tomorrow we are going to start a fast as a community. Yep. Wow. People don't seem excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to start a fast as a community. And I just want to say that this is not compulsory. I am not a dictator, you know. I'm not one of those ones. This is simply, everything that we do here is invitational. And this is just a week where we're just going to fast. And we're just going to say that, you know, God, we know what we are facing up with. We're not going to be... Um, unaware and we're not going to try to undermine what we are facing and we are literally coming out of a wilderness season into in a sense a promised land season a time of freedom a time of vitality a time where we can just have fun literally but God we want to remember you we still want you to be the main focus of our lives and that's the main um yeah that's the main narrative of this fast it's literally a time to remember God to remember the faithfulness of this last year